Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 to the Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central Monday through Friday on 105 to the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian Broadus, we made it through draft weekend, and we got some new players to talk about. Yeah, Bobby, and uh, it was. It was a really a nice weekend, and um, anytime that you can be involved with the draft, especially with the different platforms that you and I get to perform on, whether it's uh, 105.3 The Fan or the or DallasCowboys.com, you know, it's just a really nice partnership between the two. And you know, and you get to work with super super people along the way that make it easy. Uh, I mean, I. As I said, going off air the other day, I, I just can't thank guys like yourself, Aisha Morrison, Kyle Yeomans, and you know, and Zach Wolchuk enough. Uh, uh, you know, we, you know, Peyton Russell, guys like you know everybody, Alec Metz, Sean Sharif on night Sean one, Sharif on night one. I mean, there were so many people that were had a big hand. Uh, the folks, like I said, DallasCowboys.com, you know, uh, Roxanne and and Beamer and all those guys, you know, were just super, super to work with. And they make it really easy. All we had to do was to talk about the players. And, uh, you know, and we get to have broadcasts like what we're going to do right now to kind of recap what uh, what happened on the, those three days. Yeah, so we will do a, uh, a mailbag here at the end of the show. But uh, we'll, we'll open things up for the first 30 minutes or so, just kind of going over uh, the draft picks, how things played out in front of the Cowboys, and just some of the thoughts. So, uh, let's start with night number one, Brian, and that was defensive lineman Mozzie Smith from Michigan State. He is a uh, big defensive tackle uh, and a guy that you know we had we had chatted about a, a little bit and and talked about how you know he he may be on the radar. I don't think he was at the top of our list of, of guys we had been talking about. We had focused a lot on tight ends. Um, when it came down to it, I think the discussion was about. Uh, Smith and uh, Matthew Bergeron, the offensive lineman from Syracuse, who we didn't talk much about at all. Uh, we, we had a couple of references, but I think he was a late push as somebody that we needed to be aware of. Um, but in general, your your thoughts on how things played out ahead of the Cowboys and the direction that they went. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I got a call this morning from uh, a guy I used to work with, former Dallas Cowboys scout and uh, director of player personnel or director, the, the title Will McClay has, uh, Tom Saskowski and I were visiting. And he, so he, he was, Tom uh, was reminding me, he goes, there was an era where 
you would have never taken a one technique at uh, at 26 in a first round of a draft. And he goes, that's how different you know things are. But I also said, Tommy, we wouldn't have taken a 5'10 quarterback no, number one overall either 25 yeah. years ago. So it was kind of fun to reminisce with a crusty guy like me who's been in these wars and stuff. But yeah, the thing with Mozzie Smith, they clearly understood that when they had Hankins as, you know, they, they trade for Hankins. So they're thinking about run defense. They're thinking about how can we be better on run defense. And so you watch Mozzie Smith play and there's power and there's up the field and there's controlling the line of scrimmage and there's getting outside of the tackle box. You know, there's a lot of really positive things to like about Mozzie Smith as a player. And, you know, like I say, the Hankins think, I believe it opened their eyes up a little bit to like, hey, if you could have a guy that's hard to block, that helps our linebackers, helps our pass rushers as far as, you know, you know, getting, you know, holding up blocks. Not that, you know, that Hankins had a big, big deal to do with what was pass rushing, but you get my point about helping yeah. the linebackers and and helping those around him. And I, I think that Mozzie Smith clearly does that. There's nothing super flashy about his game. I said that in my notes, but you do see power. You do see people having a hard time blocking him. I go back to watching the Ohio State game and uh, and um, and Whipler, the 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 center from you know from uh, from Ohio State, and the deals that they were dealing with with the. Uh, uh, you know, with those those tackles and those guards. I mean, the Michigan front, I mean, that was that's that was a great matchup. And yeah. Mozzie Smith was a big part of that. And that's what you gotta have. You gotta have those guys that control the front and 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 you know, that's why I think they made this pick. Uh, now when you talk about Mozzie Smith and he is a one technique defensive tackle, and you look at uh, you know, his career at Michigan, I think he had five tackles for loss the the entire time he was there. He had a half a sack, that was it. He was not asked to pass rush much. Um, and scheme has a lot to do with how he plays. Scheme, his, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is he is six three, uh, three hundred twenty three pounds, a, a freakish, powerful athlete. Do you see, as the Cowboys told us in the pre or in the post draft press conference, do you see the tools and the ability to pass rush? And it's just something that he wasn't asked to do much of. Yeah, I think that I think when you watch Michigan play and how they two gap their front, and when I mean two gap, you've heard me maybe say this before: it's extend, it's look inside, it's look outside, find the ball, and then kind of make the reaction from that. That's what Mozzie Smith does. And so there's a couple of things that we need to to keep an eye on. And uh, we had AD uh, the uh, other day, the Adam Dirty, line, the defensive line coach. Yeah, and he was talking, and I asked him the question because Will McClay brought this up. And it's about the stance and it's about how to change up somebody's stance. You know, maybe he's too narrow base. Maybe he's too wide. If you're too wide, maybe you can't move as well as you need to do. You know, there are things that they feel like Will is a former defensive coach himself. He coached secondary, didn't coach defensive line, coached secondary. So he kind of understands. So, but he's talking to Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, former defensive line coach, Dan Quinn, AD, those guys looking at Mozzie Smith and saying, listen, if we just maybe widen him up or we narrow him a little bit more, we could get him to do this or get him to do that. I I, I trust this is where I'm at with the Dallas Cowboys when they pick players, especially defensive ones. I trust that they are going to get the best out of whoever player that is. Now, those you, you know, folks out there are saying, well, hey, hey, Broadus, well, what about Kelvin Joseph? Well, what about uh, Quentin Bohanna? What about... 
well, okay, you win. You got, you know, you're right about those. But I, I do know what I've seen with Curse. I do know what, I, you know, I know what I've seen with Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong looks like a different player. You know, you saw, you know, you saw what Sam Williams, Sam Williams is a good player, but you saw what Sam Williams could. I think a lot of that has to do with the ability of AD and then of, of also of, of, a Dan Quinn being able to teach these guys to play the type of technique that they need for him to play to be successful. They see something in the player with the way that he moves, the way he uh, handles himself along the line of scrimmage, the way, you know, the twist game, stuff like that. There's things you could do with Mozzie Smith that kind of, you know, with it, the movement aspect of it that Michigan didn't do with him. We saw the same thing with, uh, with, uh, with Micah Parsons. You know, we we were talking to the scouts uh, uh, about that. Justin Stuckey, Ju- yeah. that's Justin Stuckey's area. Uh, Penn State, J- Justin, a really good scout for the Cowboys. Penn State's his school. He's talking about asking the question about Micah Parsons. Like, tell me what you saw with Micah Parsons rushing the passer. And he admitted, he goes, I, I didn't. I saw the blitzing, but it was Dan Quinn. It was the it's the vision for what they see in the player. And that's where I'm going to hang my hat when it comes to this Mozzie Smith pick. Now, when we talk about the the players that could have been available there or guys that they, they could have been interested in, the other name was Bergeron. Uh, just for yourself, did you have Matthew Bergeron higher or, or was Mozzie Smith higher for you? And Bergeron, it sounded like, would be a guy that they would have kicked inside that would have yeah. played hard. Yeah. Uh, so, so how did you think Bergeron projected as a guard and how he would have stacked up as a pick versus Mozzie Smith? Well, you know, when when I, when I was looked at it with Bergeron, I, I really liked Bergeron. And I remember when we were doing the draft show that Aisha Morrison was one of the first ones that brought him up. And she was she was talking about she she was talking about it in a way of like, have you have you guys seen uh have you guys seen this this tackle from Syracuse? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get to him, but she was one of the first ones that was was you know was really talking about the type of player, and so yeah. But where I had Bergeron, I had Mozzie Smith as 39 on my board. Now the player that I had ahead of 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 Mozzie Smith was Torrance. Okay, you know I had Torrance, so you know we were all kind of talking about okay, what are they going to do at guard? What what's going to happen at guard? I mean. That's that's when you start to look. I mean, they they lost the opportunity to to draft a tight end, uh, you know, to 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 draft Kincaid because the Bills got ahead of. Him. But I didn't think that bothered them. I mean, that that you know, we were, we kept talking about uh, Mayor and Kincaid and those guys, but I, I don't think Kincaid was the consideration. I really, really don't. And so it was the question I had was, okay, would we would you take Torrance? At that spot, I had Torrance as the 30th best player on my board. As I mentioned, Mozzie Smith was 39, and then if you look at, at if you look at the tackle in and where I had Bergeron, I had him at 55. So to me, that that's kind of that's where I I kind of saw where things were going for the Dallas Cowboys. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Cowboys end out addressing tight end at their second pick. Um, we threw conversations throughout and and things like that. It, as it turned out, you mentioned Dalton Kincaid there. Dalton Kincaid, as it turns out, just from some of the discussions we've had, uh, was not their top tight end on the board. It sounds like that was Sam Laporta from Iowa, which yeah. is the surprise. Uh, I don't think any of us figured they would have had him at the very top uh, heading into that draft, but it, it sounds like Laporta was at the very top of that draft for them. They end out at pick 58 after a little bit of a run on tight ends. They get Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, a uh, an older player. He will be uh, 25, I believe, in September. Um, but this is one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the draft, maybe the best run-blocking tight end in the draft, and a guy that I think when you look at the athleticism and some of the things he was asked to do at Michigan or, or what he wasn't asked to do at Michigan, which wasn't be a big part of the passing game, I think that you're projecting out a little bit and can say, at least in my opinion, I think you do have a a player who's able to be a vertical threat, be somebody that can go down the seam. Uh, but what were your thoughts on Luke Schoonmaker, where he stacked up in your tight end group? Well, here's another Michigan player, and you talk about the scheme hurt maybe his development as what you would think would be a really a, a quality NFL tight end. I do know this about Michigan, and I said this a bunch, and I, I kept bringing up Schoonmaker's name like up to the draft show because I felt like if you missed out on Kincaid, Musgrave, Washington, it, it seems that Washington from Georgia, Bobby, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, there was some concern about a knee that was yeah. going off there so that he wasn't a consideration, I don't think, for the Cowboys. Kraft uh, out of, uh, uh, of South Dakota State was a guy I had at 49. Laporta I had at 60. Schoonmaker I had at 86. Okay, the thing about, about Schoonmaker is, though, when you watched Blake Corum run the ball for Michigan, it was coming downhill. It was coming fast. It was coming with some power. And a lot of that time, it was with Luke Schoonmaker at the point of attack. They did a really good job with their offensive line. Their offensive line won what they call the college, the Joe Moore Award, uh, a famed old line coach from back in the day, Notre Dame, Pitt, places like that. They won the Joe Moore Award for being one of the best offensive lines in the country. And so Schoonmaker was really a part of that group that ran the football as well as they did. And I, I feel like, though, there there is, there is that side of me that watched when they would throw him the ball, whether it was the boots, the waggles, things on the edge. He was a sideline re uh, receiver. He was up the field. He found spots in the um, he found spots in the uh, in the zones. He was a good goal line receiver. He was reliable in the way he played. So I, you know what, I, I the the issues that I had with Luke Schoonmaker was, yeah, you talk about the age being twenty five. But we're about to go through a couple of cycles of the draft, I believe, where I can't tell you, Bobby, how many times I looked at a guy that was a six-year senior, you know, six-year, yeah. you know. And so this pandemic, you know, we're going to have a couple of those drafts. We're going to have some older guys. Stephen Jones talked about it on 105.3 The Fan. Yeah, you have to consider sometimes the guy's age and how you're, uh, you know, how you're evaluating him. But Schoonmaker plays in a, played in a bunch of big games. He's a point-of-attack blocker. I think he's a developing receiver of the football. He's got the ability to get down the field. His athletic testing and profile, if you're one of those folks that believes in those numbers and those metrics, it would be better than what we saw with Ferguson coming out of Wisconsin last year. So the, the comparisons, are, I think, are, are, you know, there's a much better athlete in Schoonmaker. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with Washington. 
uh, you know, him, you know, him going there in the third round. We'll see what happens with Kraft going also in the third round. Laporta was a second round pick. That was well before uh, they were able to get to their guy. So, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe this was, you know, how they, how it was meant to be for them to, to grab this particular player. Yeah, look, I think that uh, Schoonmaker, that you mentioned the testing. First off, the 10 yard split, it's 159. That's a pretty good number for a tight end. Shows that there's some, some burst, uh, some short area quickness. You look at the fact that his three cone at the size that he is, 6'5, 250, 255, uh, his three cone is 681, which shows really fluid change of direction. Yeah. And I think that shows up on the tape. I think you can see him. With, with the fluidity when he changes. And, and you also get the the aspect of, I think you see on tape, the ability to go down, scoop some bad balls, you know, adjust to the ball. I, I think that you've got a lot of really good traits here to work with uh, as a potential vertical threat at tight end. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.